Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to FH&P Lawyers Business Podcast. I'm here, as usual, with Tanvir. Hi, Tanvir. Hello, Clay. And we're going to talk about the incredibly exciting topic of due diligence. Now, why the heck are we going to talk about due diligence? Because we are lawyers and part-time investigators, private investigators. I like it, but here's why I want to talk about due diligence, because I keep getting clients coming to me and telling me, hey, I bought this and this business and we're closing next week. And and I think <laughs> it's kind of poorly understood that, uh, hey, we've got a job to do behind the scenes. Yeah. Due diligence is the investigations and the searches that we take up when we know that we have a file where a client is purchasing a certain business. And we'll, we can even talk about it in the real estate context, because there's due diligence, tons of due diligence that we do for real estate but since this is our business podcast um, there's a lot of searches that we do in terms of the business that you're looking to buy and so that is the due diligence that we're looking at the due diligence is a good process and it's the process whereby we figure out a lot about the piece of land or the company that uh, is being purchased and you know a lot of this stuff will tell your client about what they're buying and what risks they're taking on and even really how much it's going to cost to run that business yeah. for instance you know one of the things we're going to do is do a court search well that court search is of course really important if you're buying shares uh, because you're going to assume whatever uh, lawsuits are, are outstanding yeah. but also if you see that there's a whole bunch of lawsuits that might give your client some information that hey this is a risky industry and And it's going to take me some time to be in court. I guess it's going to cost me. I better take a look at the insurance costs, that type of thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. But we do a lot of that stuff. And, uh, you know, there's other people involved sometimes, too. And and I guess, you know, as as usual, uh, we usually work hand in hand with with accountants, depending on. on I knew you were going to say accountant. Uh, It seems like a a real uh, (laughs) a real theme with us. But, uh, you know, we'll often be looking we'll be doing due diligence and obtaining certain things and there's a kind of a parallel process going on we might be getting the information uh, sometimes but uh, there's often a, a parallel process with the client accountant yeah all right so when when a, a client comes in and, and says hey i want to buy this uh this company or I want to buy the assets of this company, we're going to listen to what type of transaction it is, what type of industry it is, and we're re- going to recommend certain types of due diligence. And so we kind of, well, we kind of in our minds um, organize those into kind of basic searches that should be done just about every time. And then, you know, lean searches. And then, you know, depending upon on the uh, the type of, of business being purchased, specialty searches or, or municipal searches. So Tanvir, why don't you tell us about what basic searches are? So some of the basic searches that we would be doing are, and we're probably doing this on every single file, is going to be a corporate search. That's a search on the actual company itself. Um, It'll give you sort of um, a little primer on whether the company's in good standing or not. It'll show you who the directors are, where the uh, registered records office is. We'll do a litigation search. So we'll search court records just to see if anything pops up there um, under the company. And we'll usually search the, the individuals behind the company. 
Um, and then we'll do a Bank of Canada search. And this is more so for um, inventory, depending on the business itself. We do bankruptcy insolvency searches, which are very important. Um, personal property registry searches, again, depending specifically on the company, I would say, the business. A bailiff search, and then usually a land title office search if the company holds property. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it's important, you know, even in these basic searches that, you know, I, I, I didn't, I don't want our listeners to think doing a corporate search is a little snippet. I mean, we've yeah. got to read uh, all, all of the articles. We've got to read the registries and find out, you know, who owns the shares mm-hmm. and who's the directors are, who the officers are, what the rights and restrictions of the shares are. And that's really important in, depending on the transaction. Yeah. So, so with respect to what we're looking for, you know, I, I think to, to a large extent that depends upon the type of business that we're buying, whether it's an asset uh, purchase or whether it's a share purchase. To a large extent, that, that corporate search is, is, could be uh, lesser or more extensive, depending. Yeah. But those are the type of searches we're going to recommend for everything. Yeah. And uh, so those are, that's why we call them the kind of basic searches that should be done, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that we're going to look at is statutory searches. And really, you know, depending upon the business that uh, we're buying, we're going to recommend things like searching in the Employment Standards Office uh, and Ministry of Finance, uh, WorkSafe BC, Canada Revenue Agency, and, you know, Depend, again, depending, it, uh, there could be a Ministry of Energy or Ministry of Forests uh, and BC Safety Authority. You know, those are the type of searches that uh, uh, will tell us uh, what's happening from the government's perspective. Yeah, and, and then all our searches will be tailored. So, for example, one that you didn't mention is like the liquor and cannabis board. So if we're dealing with a winery or um, a certain cannabis grower or some type of license and we're searching under the specific branches under that particular category of industry that we're dealing with. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. we really need, and, and in my mind, I'd kind of organize that into like specialty searches. Like, yeah. of course, if you're buying a building that's got an elevator, you might consider finding out the history and whether there's a history on the elevator, you know, those type <laughs> of things. Certainly, if you're buying a uh, restaurant, you're going to want to recommend looking at the health authority and yeah. seeing if there's any outstanding orders, uh, fire orders, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So Intellectual property as well. You want to see if there's a trademark. This is sort of a a trademark sort of company then well especially if they've represented that there's a you know a trademark we want to search and make sure there is one that's for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know and and of course all those are going to be tailored and we're not going to do an employment standards branch search if there's no employees but uh, we're gonna we're going to recommend it uh, certainly if there are and you know work safe bc you know that's that can be you want to take a look at the history there and make sure there's no outstanding orders so that uh, you're not taking over something that uh, is an imminent threat of shutdown and you know a lot of these type of searches do actually require a uh, consent from the seller uh, and that takes some time but usually we'll want we'll send over to the uh, vendor's uh, lawyer a universal consent form and we'll ask them to sign that and that'll allow us to get to get a lot of this information and of course you know we're dealing with uh, with government and some of these searches are very fast and boy 
Some sure aren't. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on uh, when a client says, I don't want to spend all that time and, and I don't uh, want to spend all that money. Uh, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah. I mean, the searches can be quite expensive, especially if it's, if we're recommending a majority of them and I, I'm probably one of the more sort of, um, Persnickety? Is that, is that right? I don't know where that, that, is that a word? I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I want to do all the searches just to make sure. So a lot of clients don't want them. Usually what I do is in our firm, we have a checklist. I think a lot of firms work this way. We have a due diligence checklist. It'll have a lot of the different searches we have on there. And then we have a, we have a list of what we require. And then what I like to do is I tick off what I recommend that my client get. I send it over to them and then it's up to them if they want to respond with, yep, I agree. Let's go forward. They may have some questions on, Hey, like, why are we doing a bankruptcy search? And then I can let them know what I'm looking for. If it's come back and how long it takes, Exactly. something like a bankruptcy search doesn't take very long. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, Worst case, and so I'll send that over to them. A lot of times clients are okay. They they do take our advice, which is great. And they say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay to do that. Sometimes we do have those files where we do need to close and certain things are outstanding. So we we can work our way around that. Sometimes we do close prior to and we, we can hold certain funds in trust until certain um, searches come back. So there's a way to do it. But if we can, from the outset, get a bunch of searches back, that's what I prefer to do. I haven't really had any clients say, absolutely not, I'm going to go in this willy-nilly just you know you know and, and <laughs> I have and do it <laughs> y- you know I think I've done my job by identifying that uh, there's a search available yeah. and uh, you know these are the ones we're recommending but if a client tells me no we're not doing that yeah. or uh, we're going to close before we get the results in then uh, you know I, I that's okay with yeah. me I'll take those instructions yeah. um, you know I've, depending on the purchase uh, sometimes yeah. that that makes sense and uh, you know I think one of the things that as professional advisors have to keep in mind is there's always that tension between professional advisors and the entrepreneur, you know, yeah. who might see a, a two weeks as a long time, you know, and there may be other reasons where they want to get in there. So I'll take those instructions. You know, I don't know about you. Yeah, it's called, you just write it down. I told you to do this. You <laughs> said no. <laughs> CYA. CYA, you bet. So I guess, oh, one of the searches, you know, did we talk about municipal searches? Because that's pretty important too. I don't think we did. You know, these are things like, uh, you know, uh, property taxes, zoning, you know, that kind of Utility, stuff. Utility, yeah. And what about licensing? Depending on the business, we'll try to, we'll, we can ask the city for uh, a, a business license. It's sometimes we call it a comfort letter to make sure that there isn't anything outstanding, that they haven't breached any um, bylaws or anything like that. Yeah, very important stuff, you know. Uh, so let's just drill down a little bit. And so let's just talk about some specific transactions and what we're doing in the background. And uh, so the, the simplest one, I, I, I think, is residential real estate. We're do, Holy moly, are we doing a lot of residential real estate right now yeah it's crazy yeah but you know even on on a basic residential real estate deal we're doing a a bunch of stuff in the background give it give me a list off top of your head go right right away (laughs) we're doing a land title search so we're looking at title to the property to see what's registered on there if there's anything on there that's concerning we're going to be pulling those so if there's any restrictive covenants if there's judgments liens we're looking at that stuff so other than that 
title search, we're going to do property tax, we're going to look at utilities, we're going to do a BC assessment search to see um, whether that looks good and it sort of um, accords to the purchase price and the contract. We're going to take a look at a parcel GIC map just to make sure that you know your house isn't sitting on the middle of two lots or encroaching on your neighbor. So we're going to look at those things. What else? What did I miss? Cancel transactions. You know, if we're looking for a bunch of quick uh, uh, purchase and sales, we're looking so, for fraud. So title will show you yeah. um, canceled charges on title. So if you if you see like a whole bunch of transactions or a whole bunch of different mortgages really quickly, that's oh, a red flag. I see what you're saying. Something yeah. might so be a title search, a, a, a cancel. Uh, there's types of title searches you can pull that'll show you what's been removed from title so we do those we don't just pull a title search that shows you what's on there now we show uh, a full one that shows the history of it as well so that would show you you know some of the things we don't do in residential usually are zoning typically That's no because at the time that residential files are hitting our desk um, the mass majority of them subjects are already removed the deposit's been given um, and we're there to sort of help out the transaction to get it to close there are certain times where if a client's saying to us oh, I'm so excited, I'm going to move in and start yada business. And you're like, wait a minute, did you double check that you can actually do that? And in that time, we will go in and look. Um, I've had clients that have made comments about um, renovating or running a business, and we really want to get in to run this business. And there's a building scheme on title that actually restricts what you can and cannot do out of your home. So you definitely want to look at that stuff. Um, I, I'm going to build a pool in my backyard, oh, and yeah. it's very important to kind of take a look and see if there's some kind of statutory right away running through your backyard or yeah. something. So, you know, I don't know about you, but the same thing, you know, I'll tell the client, do you want me to do a, a title review? And, uh, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'll take those instructions, uh, even on a residential deal. And, and what about strata? Mm -hmm. um, so again, if people want strata bylaws and rules and they want a depreciation report looked at prior to subject removal, then we do that as well. Um, once subjects are removed and we have the file and we're just helping it close, we don't often go back and then review strata documents after the fact because at that point you've removed subjects. We still can, but not as common, I would say. I think it's more and more common though that uh, we are getting files before the conditions, before the subjects before, are off. Yeah. And so we're doing more and more of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And boy... Doing a, a strata review can be very time-consuming, eh? Yeah. So what we're looking for there are special assessments and, you know, depreciation reports and, yeah. you know, trying to trying to help the client to, to understand the property that they're buying and, you know, the possible risks they're assuming. So, uh, and, and you touched upon uh, business deals. And yeah. uh, so buying a piece of property to run your business out of, that that's, takes further due diligence. Yeah, the one thing I find that's quite difficult about certain areas in the Okanagan, not just Kelowna, is depending on where someone's looking at, you know, 120 acres to run whatever business, so much could have happened on that land previously. So we have to do the right searches just to make sure that what they're looking to do now is possible. Um, environmental searches, we're going to want a comfort letter from whether it's, you know, RDOS or wherever they are, um, you're going to want to take the correct sort of steps to make sure that they can now run the company and the business that they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah environmental one, is, a, is a really good yeah. topic to talk about. Environmental, yeah. of course, is uh, such a liability. I had one file just recently where we talked about the importance of getting the comfort letter based on what they were looking to now do um, with the land. I think they wanted to start some type of retreat for youth, sort of like a... Band camp. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? One time in band camp. Send your kids out to the wilderness <laughs> to practice their band. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Sounds like a movie. So, Sounds like a movie yeah. I've seen. <laughs> and then in conversation, the client was like, I think that this property way back when I was young was used as like a junkyard. <laughs> I was like, that's a problem. <laughs> so we talked through, you know, the remediation rules and what happens now because there's been changes to the Environmental Management Act in terms of what they consider contaminated, um, what they consider industrial uses. So <laughs> junkyard is definitely on that list. So they didn't care at this point. It was fine. We moved forward. But, you know, you sometimes have to stress what happens if you are trying to develop this or trying to get building permits or some type of business permit, then the ministry and the and the district are going to look at um, environmental, you know, impacts and what's what's happened on the land and whether a, whether a site report needs to be done. Well, and in particular, if you're borrowing money. Yeah. So if, the lend, if you're borrowing money, the lender's going to want security from the land that you're borrowing. So the lender's going to want to satisfy itself that there's some value in that land so you know there's definitely going to be some kind of an environmental investigation some kind of an environmental guarantee by the shareholders uh, that's just the way so at least you're not going to get away without a phase one basically now on a uh, on an environmental property hopefully that's that's where it ends yeah but uh, yeah, it can sure be expensive so anyway these are things you want to do before you uh, close on a property and uh, then with respect to a, uh, a business purchase, do you want to talk about the difference between uh, an asset purchase and a share purchase? So we've touched on this previously, but if you're purchasing shares, what you're doing is actually purchasing the shares of the company. So there is already, for example, Sanitized Kelowna Limited. You're purchasing the shares within Sanitized Kelowna Limited. So you're going to be purchasing the shares to become that company. So versus assets, you're going to be purchasing the assets that are owned by Sanitized Kelowna Limited. So if they have, you know, they're a cleaning company, they have a bunch of different contracts in place, they have equipment, they have a uh, area where they run their um, office out of. If you're going to be taking over the business, most likely you're going to be looking to do a asset sale so the rule of thumb the purchaser wants an asset sale to limit seller. their liabilities the seller wants to sell shares yeah. to uh, to maximize their tax uh, deductions but uh, certainly if you are if we're acting for the purchaser and we're buying shares we're doing a much more thorough investigation for so, shares yes because the, the like i think you already said this but the liabilities of the company are then going to be your liabilities versus with assets we draft our documents in a certain way. We're taking certain representations and warranties from the seller. So it's not as risky as when you're doing the shares. So yeah, we're still doing due diligence in both and we're getting reps and warranties in both, but it's definitely more risky with shares. All right. Well, I'm hoping the takeaway there is it takes some time to close any kind of a deal. You know, I'm hoping our listeners will give us that time um, because, uh, boy, you know, you can sure learn a lot. You can sure avoid some problems down the road if you give us some time to do the due diligence. Kind of an unexciting topic, but boy, I think a pretty important one. Yeah, I agree. If there's listeners out there, clients, potential clients that have, you know, a certain business that they're looking to buy, um, if you guys have questions about maybe even just what the clients can do in terms of becoming a little bit more sophisticated, um, asking the right questions prior to coming into us with an actual contract in hand, um, we're always here, we're willing to help. So give us an email, give us a call. And Clay, my mom wants to let you know that you have a face for radio. 
Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, she emailed yeah. me today. Can you let Tell your, Clay your mom know I, 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 I used to like her? FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.